and welcome to episode 172, season 7, episode 18, of two Mr. P's in a podcast with me, Mr. P, and the other Mr. P. Welcome back to what will be the official start of Spring 2 for everyone. We're well in the mix of Spring 2. The the days are slowly growing longer. Mm. Summer is in the air. Is it? I don't know. Is it? It was freezing this morning. It was. It was cold. It has been chilly. But I do like it when you start to wake up and it's already light. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'm definitely getting a more of a vibe of the the light outside. But honestly, my nips. Honestly, Straight in. But I'm dead serious. Like it's insane. Like every shirt I wear to work, I'm just thinking, just smuggling bullets. You just need to get a jumper. I'm not a jumpersman though. Oh, I get I too hot, me. Love a quarter zip, me. So I get too hot. Quarter zip or jumper. I'm purely a. I mean, I you don't have to wear ties, do you? No, but I'm I'm a polos man. I I wear a short sleeve polo mm. every day. And I told I touched upon it then the old Giacomo three XLs that mum yeah. and dad got me from the fifty percent discount store. Um. Yeah, so living the dream with my Giacomo 3XLs and rock hard nips. Yeah, so um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I hope you've not switched off after visualising Adam's rock hard nipples. Um, but welcome. So, um, What's that? More people are listening than ever? No, actually, listening numbers have gone down drastically. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in, as always. Um just a quick couple of housekeeping things before we get started. The last tour of the Show and Tell show will be happening April 13th in Liverpool. Obviously, we've had to change the date. Uh, some people no, can no longer make it. Uh, there are a few tickets available. So if you head to the website, to mrpspodcast.com, you can grab a copy. You can grab your tickets there. Um, obviously, if you can't make it to that Liverpool show, we did get it filmed so you can stream that online over two hours of just non-stop laughter. Uh, fortunately, it was warm in the room, so there's no rock hard nips from Adam. They're uh, always rock hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, plus, we've got another exciting announcement to make exclusively on the podcast. Um, so take it away, Adam. Well, we've had a, we've had many a message uh, from people asking, would there be a third book? Um and obviously, after the success of the first two, and if you've not read the first two, available on Amazon, among other bookstores. Yeah. Um, put a wet paper towel on it. The Weird and Wonderful World of Primary School. The number two got, Sunday Times bestseller. And then you've got This Is Your Own Time You're Wasting. The um, follow-up I can't, I can't Sunday Times bestseller. for that. Calamities. C- classroom Calamities and Clangers. Classroom. Oh, classroom ca- confessions, calamities, and clangers. Cl- yeah, confessions. We definitely wrote these books, guys. <laughs> no, we definitely did, but it's, it's just been a minute, and it. And the reason it's been a minute is because we've been working hard on drum roll. <laughs> Book number three, which yeah. is coming out in August, end of August, middle of August, endish of August, endish of August. Yeah, yeah, and the book. Is going to be called. Can I? I'm a, I, I can say this, can't I? Yeah. How to Survive the School Year An Essential Guide for Stressed Out Grown Ups. Now, um, it's been a long time coming. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different than the last two. Um, but there's still 
obviously the podcast at the heart of the book. So there's plenty of funny anecdotes, funny stories. Um, and yeah, we're very, very excited about it. We hope that you um, join us and embrace it like you have done the previous two. You know, we have got number two on the Sunday Times bestseller list. Yeah. And we've got number three. Now, if my math is right, there's only one place we need to get to. Yeah, we need as much of your support as possible to try and eclipse our previous accolades. It would be an absolute dream to finish a trilogy with a number one. So this uh, this book sort of takes you through the journey of your typical year in primary school from sort of winding down in the summer to the chaos of autumn into Christmas, just documenting all the key aspects, the universal elements of a school year, uh, intertwined with all the funny stories, the confessions, s- some of our favourite bits and bobs from the podcast, but also lots of stories that we've yet to share. Yeah. So makes the perfect sort of summer read. Um, so please do support it. And obviously any pre-order. So uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the 28th, that's when it should be available to pre-order. So if you go over to Amazon, you can uh, grab a copy there. And all of those pre-orders go towards our first week of sales. So that is your best chance of uh, getting that top spot with the Sunday Times bestselling list. So, you know, if you've got uh, if you've got a, a couple of minutes that you can jump on Amazon, pre-order it, and then it's always just a nice little surprise when it rocks uh, drops on your door during the summer and hopefully you can then uh, sit back and enjoy it during the summer holidays. Yeah, and it's, it's perfect. It's, it's a perfect book for anyone whether you're a teacher, you're a teacher assistant, you work in a school at all, you, you've went to school, you've got kids at school, you used to have kids at school. It's literally a universal book, which is what we kind of set out to do. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we would love as much support as possible. Um, and we're very, very excited. And hopefully, you never know, with the first book, uh, it enabled us to get some nice PR, didn't it? And yeah. the second book you were on, this morning promoting that so who knows if you can really drum up the interest and really you know get it get it going on amazon and all that kind of jazz that's when people will start being like who are these two guys and what is that guy smuggling under his top <laughs> that'd be my nipples pal so yeah order uh the book this wednesday or if this episode is released i think on wednesday we're recording on monday but we're yeah. anticipating and obviously we'll announce it on you know on our channels and our socials all that kind of jazz but yeah you, you've been you know you've drove this podcast on everyone is listening to this and uh yeah it's just another thing to to you know it's the conger in it just keep on going yeah and and you know we we we, we have got a, a real sort of loyal following that we we really do appreciate and we know we wouldn't be we wouldn't have these opportunities without your support with with everything that we've done um and yeah if you could all grab a copy i mean we'd instantly go to number one on the amazon book charts i mean we're what do we average now roughly around about i think it's a rough roughly around about fifty thousand people listen to the podcast a month yeah i think i'm just looking at the uh just looking at the stats here. Stat attack. Stat attack. So I think, yeah, we average around about 50,000, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and if everyone listening to this just ordered themselves a copy, yeah, we would 
jump straight to the top of the charts, which would be uh, a great way of finishing off the trilogy of books uh, we've 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 brought out. So yeah, um, head over to the website. I'll put a link on the website as soon as we can, and obviously you can get your tickets for the for the tour for the tour show in Liverpool there as well. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, excited about that one. Looking forward to it, and um, and yeah, hope you can support us with that. So uh, so yeah, we had a little nostalgic weekend really. So um, my boys, Harry and Charlie. Uh, with their so they go to a comprehensive school. Don't know if I've ever explained this before, but obviously they're really into the rugby, and um, rugby is one of those sports that I think used to be done at loads of schools. Now tends to only be taught, or there's only teams if you go to sort of grammar, sort of private independent schools. Um, and obviously my kids are obsessed with it. Quite a lot of the lads that they, they play with are obsessed. So one of the dads or a couple of the dads started a team called Trafford Schools where any child who goes to like a comprehensive school and obviously any any teacher listening to this who has a works in a secondary school that has a rugby team in the northwest do get in touch because we're constantly looking for fixtures. So basically the Trafford Schools team is made up of any kid who goes to a comprehensive school in Trafford, try out for the team, uh, and then they go around playing all the other mm-hmm. rugby schools. Now, both myself and Adam went to uh, St. Ambrose College in Hale Barnes, uh, which is quite the... You just sounded a bit posh saying that. In Hale Barnes. Hale Barnes, um, which um, is quite a well-known rugby school in the Northwest. Uh, I think sort of really kicked off when we were there. That's when the when it started to grow. I'd say The reputation so, yeah. uh, grew. Um so yeah, so we so they had a fixture there on Saturday morning. They played Ambrose, and uh, I went fully, not expecting, because it's been what? What am I old man now? So it's been twenty years since I left in Upper yeah. Six. Mm. Two thousand three was wow. when I left. Right, wow. twenty one years. Well, yeah, uh, give it tw- a take. Twenty and a bit, and um. And I, I, I was, we, we were talking because one of the other dads is a couple, few years older than me and he went to Ambrose as well, right? right. And so... Uh, when we Just were, a couple of fossils shooting the breeze. Yeah, so we were like, <laughs> do, you think, do you think there's any teachers that still... And I was like, no chance. There's no chance. The best, the best thing we've got is when you walk into the reception and all the old pupils have got all their accolades. And it's annoying because they only put sporting accolades up. And yeah. I think I think we should campaign to have the books. The books, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, all my English teachers would look and go, "That is absolutely." That's what I mean. Just a reminder that if we can make Listen, it, anyone yeah. can make yeah. it. Um, it's my favourite thing. Other, other, to obviously, tell people. yeah, there's quite a lot of um, ex pupils who have gone on to to good things, like quite a lot of sports. Yeah, like Charlie's professional rugby player, yeah. Ferg, etc. Um, there was someone in Joy Division, or no? Um, or was there someone in Joy Division? There was either someone in Joy Division or someone who did the artwork for the album. It's like a big graphic designer. He went Ambrose. The big red folder for yeah. art. Damien Hines, do you know who he is? No. He's a school minister for the Tories at the minute. Oh. He went our school. Okay. Like someone, someone reached out to me. Someone who's like involved in the old boys association reached out and said, uh, "Oh, I've just seen that Damien Hines is schools minister. I can put you in touch with him if you want." I was like, "He's not going to give someone like me any. T- he's not going to speak to someone who's in the profession." Yeah. Um, 
But I reckon we must be in the mix there. Well, we must, listen, you know. uh, no, we, we never... I mean, Because we used to be able to edit the Wikipedia page, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Famous ex-alumni famous ex of the alumni, school. Yeah. And there was obviously <laughs> the time we changed it to famous sausage ad. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. The glory days. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, we, we never, you know, we joke about it and you you obviously, you know, with, with your work over the past 10 years and with, you know, with the popularity on your socials and things like that. But yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at what we've done and listen, I don't want to sound arrogant here, but you know, we've come a long way. Podcast started in 2018. We had, we've what? We've had two best-selling books, hopefully a third. Get get it ordered if you didn't do it before. <laughs> um, you know, two two smash hit tours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say well, so. I'm just on the Wikipedia page here and we are nowhere. So you've got, so uh, Peter Saville was the uh, graphic designer who did album covers for New Order and Joy Division. Right. Uh, yeah, you've got Keith Breeden, artist and creator of the cover of Pink Floyd's album, The Division Bell. Wow. Uh, loads of, so obviously Luke Adamson, Mark Atkinson, Charlie, Ferg, uh, Rafi Quirk, Toby Adamson, loads of um, Mike Worsley. I always remember what Mike Worsley. Do you remember when we had that um, old boys rugby game as yeah. a fundraiser and he came and played and just absolutely yeah. destroyed I'm me? I'm sure I, he played in a, he played in one where it was obviously, he was coming back. He was quite old. I think he was retired. Yeah. And we played against them and I hit him first off and did my ankle. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. Shock horror. Uh, Kieran Moriarty, physician and scientist. We should be in the mix there. How do you, how do you get, how do you get some on Wikipedia? Wikipedia. Right, I'm going to look into that. But anyway, the gay, um, <laughs> the boy, the boys played the game and we were like, there's no way there's anyone from our old school here. And lo and behold, both my rugby, my favourite rugby teacher, would you say he was yours as well? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rush. Mr. Rush. Now, anyone listening to this who went Ambrose, he was an absolute legend. Legend. Scouser. Um, but he was, he's been there for well over 30 years now. So he's retired from teaching mm. and now he just comes back and does some of the sport yeah. and runs like the year seven rugby team. So yeah. he was there because year sevens were playing before and it was just so nice to have a catch up with him. It was, you were chatting to him for a while, weren't you? Yeah, it was amazing really because he he did an awful lot for me, um, you know, at the time and, and I got to speak to him. I've not actually spoke to him since probably a year, maybe two years after leaving. Um, I think me and Charlie went and did some coaching at Ambrose, but it was it was very close to when we when we left. Um, to be fair, I, I may have Charlie may have gone and I might have just gone with him. Yeah. Maybe I don't think I was actually coaching. Um, I was probably on the sesh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was great to speak to him, bringing up old memories, old players. Um, we had a proper good laugh, to be fair, because I was telling the story about, and I know I've spoke, I've spoke about this on the podcast before. You know, when we were in uh, in upper six, we had a really, really talented team. You know, really good core of the upper six, and uh, at the time, you know, big personalities, um, and we had a, you know, our captain uh, Dyson. We had Wrigley. I've opened a can of worms here. We right, had, hurry up. We had Charlie Mulcrone <laughs> and, uh, and me. And the reason why I only mentioned those four names, uh, we had a great team. 
You know, you had legends, legends of the game, <laughs> like Monker. You know, these and the only reason I say Monker is because the I know listeners that- are dwindling again. <laughs> right, talk about the nips, Adam. Talk about the nips. Monker. The reason I mention Monker is he was the lad that spoke about. He's like just the the guy who was just the biggest in year seven and just yeah. used to dominate. Yeah, and everyone was just like, I'm going to tie you to Monker, so everyone just follow Monker. <laughs> and the reason I say it is because Monker actually messaged me when I mentioned him on a pod. I've got a feeling maybe his missus is a teacher and she listens. So right. shout out to Monker and his uh, other half. But yeah, the reason I say that is I was telling, I was saying to Mister Rush, do you remember the Galacticos? Do you remember like the, the the story behind the Galacticos? Now, if people don't know, obviously the Galacticos were your, your Ronaldo's, the Dan's, Figo's, Beckham's at Real Madrid back in the day, back in those days, two thousand five six. And I always remember we played a really tough game on the Wednesday in the Daily Mail Cup and we had a game on the Saturday so we had training on the Thursday and Mr. Rush goes right we're going to have some murder ball which was as you'll know was yeah, just absolutely just, he, just, he just loved the league hits galore and it was non-stop and it, the weather was horrendous and he just said Parkinson Mulcrone Dyson Wrigley the four of us he went you go inside, take it easy. <laughs> and he was like, play some table tennis, keep yourselves warm. Right, so we go in and the looks from the other team, like the team that were out yeah. there about to train, they came in drenched, soaking, bloody, all sorts. <laughs> and we were there playing doubles table tennis. And then they were just like, bloody Galactica is there. So actually we've still got a group on WhatsApp called the Galacta Bros. You know, great, great pun. Um, and I was talking to Mr. Rush about um, about that and he was just like, oh yeah, he was like, I remember that. And then he, he was basically just talking about, because we had we had two of the most heartbreaking defeats in, in Ambrose rugby history. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in when we were uh, 2003, I think it was, when we were in the under 15s Daily Mail Cup, we went to John Cleveland away. My best mate broke his leg. We moved pitch and the ref played an extra 10 minutes. It, it's a travesty. Yeah. Travesty. And then obviously fast forward to that year where we really had a, you know, you're talking about two professionals now who were in that team. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people who could have made it if their ankles were stronger. <laughs> um, and then we ended up drawing 15 all with a team away in Benedict's Ealing. And the year before it was the away team go through on a draw. But I thought they up, had a, you had a kick to win it. We had a kick to win it. Um, and the lad who missed it went on to have a stellar career. Yeah. But I just hope he knows England that, capped as well. I just hope he knows that I've not forgotten <laughs> about the kick that never was. Yeah, we and got actually, a big coach down to mi- watch it. I don't yeah, know. Mr. Rush was talking to me about that. And he, he was even, he even said, you know, we even talked about, could I have took the kick? Because at <laughs> one point in that year... You put, never get. He put me as a kicker. Yeah, he. Swear to God, he put me as a kicker. <laughs> I was the only number eight in Ambrose history, in 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 quite a few games to be obviously crash ball merchant. I threw it in the lineouts, <laughs> and I was kicker. I was kicker. Oh god! Because it's funny. We I messaged the Galacta Bros to tell him about <laughs> you know the boys. I messaged the Galacta Bros to tell him about the fact that I'd caught up with Rushy and that, and the um. And and skips dice just just knowledge of the game went on the school's rugby website and found all our results right, right. which is just insane because I was like oh my god I remember that we played a team called Ruthin 
in the early rounds of the Daily Mail Cup. Guess what score it was? 89-nil. 151-0. Really? And I kicked in that game. <laughs> Think about how many sailed if it was 151-nil. Uh it what was what I was amazed at is obviously so uh Callum came along as well. So Callum went Ambrose up until year 11. So he was chatting to Callum. New, I, I was just amazed at how he remembers everyone's name. That's what impressed me the most. Because again, I said like, oh, do you know, you know, Steve, he, he was a few years above me. And he went, oh yeah, yeah. He was a center with this guy and that. And he just named his old. And I was like, how do you have that? Because genuinely, if I ever bump into a lot of pupils that I used to teach, just, you know, here, there and everywhere. If I ever knock, I'm always like, yeah. All right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, All right, buddy? I really struggle. To be to be honest, I really struggle with. I think obviously being being in school part time, uh, it's a lot harder to learn names. But I'm always forgetting. I'm dreadful with. I'm so bad <coughs> remembering names. I, I'm but, pretty. I'm pretty good at remembering names. I think I'm not too bad. But just on that point, I was driving here right, yeah. literally 15 minutes ago, and I pulled up at the lights. And there was a guy in a blue car next to me. And you know, you just kind of randomly turn. And then this guy was like, all right, like with his thumb up. And then he saluted me, right? <laughs> and I looked at him and I thought, I have absolutely no, no idea, idea who you are. are. <laughs> there wasn't a former pupil. Did you salute back? No, I just kind of just, I kind of, it was a very slight nod because I wasn't sure. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It was like but- that uh, Christian Bale, Michael Caine. I was just like, but you the funny, that? the funniest thing with Rushy is when we were having a, so we were having a chat and like there was there was another old pupil there, he must have been a parent, one of the Ambrose lads, and we're all chatting, and then someone said about one of the ex pupils being like someone in their year group used to model, and then Mister Rush turned around and went, "You used to model, didn't you, Parky?" And I went, uh, "I did, yeah, actually." He went, "What was it that you met?" And it was the Roslyn Park Sevens I missed because I got a call back for Hollyoaks. Oh. He even remembered that. <laughs> I was amazed. So, yeah, big shout out to Rushy. Uh, and he actually said to me, it's so nice to hear how well, like, the ex-pupil, you know, because he was asking me about all sorts. So, yeah, it was good. And uh, what made it better was the boys won as well, convincing win over the bros. Yeah, one of the first things Rushy said to me, when he was like, because it was funny, because my lad, I brought Max, didn't I, to come and watch. And obviously you all know about Max now. Um, if you don't, he's going to be he's gonna be five in, in just, a, just over a week's time. He's doing really well at his new school, but obviously he's, you know, he's he's autistic and he's non-verbal at the minute. Or well, I say he's non-verbal. I don't know what what you say. What do you say? Because he's 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 not non-verbal now, but he doesn't he doesn't speak properly. Just, is it not just speech and language? S- d- speak delay, delay. Speech I delay. Think, yeah. But anyway, so I let him out the push chair uh, straight after the year sevens game, and Trafford School's year sevens beat Ambrose year sevens, mm. and. Mr. Rush, he's never one to mince his words. He wasn't happy with the performance of Ambrose. And Max ran, uh, my lad ran right across the pitch and straight into the middle of Rushy's uh, run at his year sevens. <laughs> and then Rushy looked down and saw this, <laughs> this little brew and was just like, what? And then looked up and it was me who's not seen him probably about 15 years. Mm, no, about 13 years. And he was just like, ha, Parky. And then he was just like, and then Max ran out. And then anyway, I was speaking to Rushy. And one of the first things he said to me, he was like, so what's this? 
podcast business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he said to me. He goes, every time I turn the telly on, yeah. you're on there. Talk yeah. about Ofsted and that. <laughs> yeah, Ofsted and that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that was quite nice. It's just nice to sort of catch up and again, sort of show the, the true impact teachers can have that we're both speaking so fondly and then I put it in the lads whatsapp group in chatting to Rush and then uh, one of my mates phoned me and asked so yeah just uh, a reminder that you do have that lifelong impact on the students that you teach anyway right uh, moving swiftly on thread of the week it's the thread of the week because I take it for Reddit it doesn't mean I cheat it's the thread of the week it's not plagiarism because I reference my source question was asked on reddit what everyday activity did you do wrong for years before someone finally showed you an important trick right so Mm -hmm. and everyday some of these are mind-blowing as far as how did you not realize take this first one i just remember that one dude being told you could wait for the shower to warm up instead of having to stand in it cold as it warms up So that's that's the sort of they're just massive O's. Yeah, they're just big O's. Just massive O's that yeah, you can take the silverware basket out of the dishwasher when unloading it. Oh my god. <laughs> this is what I mean. People just not really I didn't realise that. What you can take the the, the cutlery one. thing. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh my, my god. I constantly have nightmares. This is one I share on my training. Um on your iPhone, if you hold your finger down on the space bar. It, you can move it. Yeah yeah, 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 that's a great you one. Curse I actually or whatever. only discovered that maybe about six months ago and it has changed the game. Yeah. Especially when just like uploading stuff and you make a little spelling mistake or something, you hold the space bar and you can literally like zoom it to where it needs to go. Yeah. So um, this one's quite an interesting one. Uh, using a gift card to sign up for free trials. So if there are no funds to withdraw... You don't have to worry about cancelling the recurring subscription. The account simply gets closed down due to a lack of valid method of payment. Yeah. So, you know, like if you subscribe to... Would that not affect your credit score or whatever? Well, no, you don't have to necessarily use your real details, do you? Sign up for an account with a gift card. Uh, opening a beverage can. I keep my fingernails very short and sometimes it would be really finicky to open a, the tab of a can. I was damn near 40 years old when my buddy showed me that you're supposed to push down the hinge portion of the tab with your thumb and then to raise the other edge so the tab and you can get your finger underneath it. Yeah, I, I've had that for a good year. I so. felt like an idiot. I've had that for <laughs> I, can, I can concur. I actually saw one kind of similar to this where, you know, if you do like a microwave dinner... Like yeah. a microwave meal. So imagine it's classic ones like a curry, isn't it? Or a sweet and sour. Yeah. And you've got one half as sweet and sour, one half as rice. How would you serve that? Uh, so you microwave it in the plastic pot with a pierce lid. Yeah. And then you bring it over to your plate. Do you just like spoon out the rice and then pour the thing on top or what? Yeah, just get the rice out right. and put it on top. So I saw this the other day, which was literally like, oh my God, as if, because you always, you know, it's always a bit messy and it can always drip off the side. You put the plate on top and then flip it and then then pull it off, pull the plastic pot off and it's perfect on your plate. Well, there we go. Boom. 
That's it. That's one. Um, I used to open bananas by pulling the top. Then I saw some documentary monkeys opening them from the bottom, and it's ten times easier. I also learned I'm more stupid than that than a monkey. Is it? I don't know. I don't think it is. No, you you, you pull the top of a banana and then unpeel it. And to be fair, peeling a banana is pretty easy. Yeah, it's not that hard to do, is it? I mean, I can't can't imagine many people being like, you know what? I mean, the worst one is when you peel a banana that's not ready. Oh. And then you... And the skin doesn't... You take a bite of it and it makes your mouth... So dry. grim old leather. (laughs) Um, Not an everyday activity, but someone showed me that I've been wasting celery for years. When it goes limp and loses its crunch, you can just soak it in water overnight and it makes it crisp again. Again, really? Well, I don't don't eat celery. Well, is it... It's a lot of effort, that. Yeah. Put on pillow covers. I used to shove the pillow in there and struggle with it until my wife showed me how to flip the pillowcase inside out and cover the pillow while flipping it right side out. Some of the... I, I mean, how people got to being adults and not real. Like, rinsing my hair. I used to rinse with hot water and assume I just got had frizzy and dry hair. Rinsed with cold water once and realised I'd lived far too long with frizzy hair for no reason. <laughs> I mean, going back to the pillowcase, I mean, I have to say... I used to be shocking when changing the duvet. Oh, I, like I don't I was, mind changing a bed. No, but in but then so there is you, no better feeling than getting into oh fresh my god sheets. Fre- but not but brand new. Oh, brand yeah, new yeah. is the best. One of the goat feelings. Yeah. But what? How would how would you do it? What with the? How do you change your duvet? Duvet. Yeah. Turn it inside out. And then get the corners, and then yeah, flip, yeah. yeah. See, I never used to do that. What I used to oh, do? Go in. I used to go in. Oh, man. So I used to open it up on the correct side, have both corners, and literally climb in. No, no. No, no, until, yeah, it changed my life. I'm sure Kim <laughs> showed me, and I was like, but then saying that, we've been here before when I first cooked for Kim, and I cut the sausages, uh, thinking wh- that they were inside some sort of plastic skin. Well, I genuinely did think this, the, re- the reason I f- picked this thread is I thought, this is going to blow Adam's mind. There's it's quite a lot so, that I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> Um, how to properly secure a towel around the waist after a shower. And st- instead of tucking the hem inwards, you fold it outwards and down, much more secure. You can like run around and not worry about it falling off. Why are you running around? Oh no. If you're a man, you don't need to pee standing up. This will save you a lot of cleaning. I like a sit down wee. I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of frowned upon, but. What, a sit down wee? I just feel like it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit taboo. Why? I don't know. People people don't expect you to sit down. But I have to say, it is well better. Well, one thing I'll tell you about a sit-down where you're so much more accurate. Well, is that. And also, I feel like the after-drippage isn't an issue because after-drippage is well, a big yeah. issue. Well, you just you sat down so you can have a little, little you can, well, longer. You can, you can just relax. You just let it go. Yeah, let it go, as, as, as uh, Elsa. Elsa said. <laughs> uh, long pressing on a letter on your phone will show you varying accents. Yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, know that one. When the soap bar gets to the last silver, you can just stick it onto the new bar to use it up completely. I'll Is that, that pieces sometime. of soap? Yeah, yeah. So no, you know, don't, it gets use, really don't use pieces of soap now. Uh... Emotional processing. If it, if I was sad, I'd let myself be sad for a tiny bit, then brush it off saying I don't have time for this or I'm stronger than this or crying does no good. Then anger and frustration would build up until arguments over nothing would happen. Uh, I was shown how to make space for these negative emotions and just feel them until they quietened on their own. Been doing that every time they show up and the anger and frustration is gone. Most of the anxiety is gone too. 
Did it with fears too, which is making a huge difference in relationships. It's a good thing too. Old me won't been able to handle half the esh that current me is shouldering. I mean, quite deep. Yeah. I mean, you've gone from flipping duvets and <laughs> pillowcases to feelings. But talking about anger, right? I've got Go to on. tell you this. So I, um, I know I touched upon it last week because we recorded on that fateful day that I was supposed to have that amazing day sesh with Charlie and it got yeah. cancelled. I ended up going out for a couple of drinks on the Thursday night with a couple of mates, uh, which was which was funny, which was great. Um, Friday, I had a couple of had a bit of a date night, which again was really lovely um, with Kim, and then Saturday. Um, took Isla dancing, all that kind of jazz, and then I had, I had a date a night, but with Cotney John. You're gonna say date then? No, I had a night, but with Cotney John. So the whole plan was we were gonna go out near him, we we're gonna watch the rugby in a pub, and then we were gonna, you know, just kind of chill and and maybe go back to his for some scran and whatever. Anyway, it was one of those classics where. Because I drank two days before, I was not really feeling it. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, you know, three days on the bounce is not me at all anymore. But anyway, once you have a few, you start getting into it. We're, we're going round where he lives, which is Rottenstall, Rising Bridge or whatever. Yeah. We go into this pub, right? And it was like going back in time. It was, it was insane, the scenes that I was witnessing in this pub. Yeah. Like... Um, it was it was it was just wild. It was wild, and I'm sure you know there'll be a future live show where I can talk about a bit more of what I've, what I saw and what I witnessed. Yeah, but I did want to point upon you talked about anger there, dealing with anger. Right now, Cotney John, we love him. He's a he's a hero of the podcast, and he's doing well at the minute. This old Cotney John, but he did get angered on the Saturday night by two women who were sat table next to us and basically there was this there was a group of women who'd been to this i don't know they'd been to this some sort of magic mic thing in the day oh did you hear about this one in northern ireland no what have you not heard about the is it called devonshire pub or something like that but basically like uh i think they're called the pleasure boys all right went and did a show there and apparently these videos going round where they came back on stage starkers and just all sorts happened. Like all the women in the audience got up on stage and they would... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. So they, they'd all come, but they were all levered, these women, right? So they go over to Cockney John, obviously, um, and they pull his chair out, right? And they're messing his hair up and they take his glasses off and they're basically giving him like a dance. Right. right? I was crying, laughing, because yeah. John just didn't know what to do. yeah, yeah. And then these two women behind were laughing loads and I was laughing. Anyway, he gets his glasses back on and his hair's all messed up. <laughs> and one of them goes, oh, do you know who you really remind me oh, of? Oh, here we go, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went, do you know who you really remind me of? And I was thinking, oh, gold, God. please, gold. Please be gold. Alan Carr. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then he was going, Alan Carr. Alan Carr, have you seen these teeth, right? <laughs> he was going on about his teeth. And they were like, no, but it's everything else. And he was going, Alan Carr, like going mad. <laughs> so then I said, 
I mean, he's been told he looks like Cliff Richard before now, <laughs> right? So then, so then they were like, oh, yeah. And then I came back from the toilet and I said to John, you're right, mate. And he went, not really, bro. And I went, I know. What a wake it's been. <laughs> um, but yeah, to be fair, we then, we then went to this uh, like place that had live music on. And it was dead cute, actually. The guy who was performing um, was really good. And we were upstairs and it was dead quiet upstairs. And we were just sat next to this older couple. And then the, the, the guy kind of turned to us and me and John were singing along with, you know, that, give a little respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. such a tune. Well, that's that's the rugby club song, that. That's a big, So that big, goes yeah. off, yeah. So then he goes, are you enjoying it? To me and John. Yeah, 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 he's quality. And he was going, it's that's my son. son. Yeah. And yeah. they were just sat, like, singing every word. And I was like, this is mega, like, this is class. Oh, good. Um. And then yeah, it was it was it was good times. Me and Alan Carr on the on the on the <laughs> session. Uh, talking of teeth, last little tip here: you're not supposed to rinse after brushing your teeth. You're supposed to allow toothpaste residue to sit on your teeth for like thirty minutes. You just spit and move on. Don't rinse your mouth with water. Mm. I do. I didn't realize I'd that. Mouthwash it, me. Yeah, unless it's mouth. Yeah, mouthwash. Um, right. Are you ready for this week's dilemma? Yeah, only if it's a good one. Help me, I have a dilemma. It's causing more pain than a vinegar enema. Help me, please, I need you to. Mr. P, some help from you, please. So, at my school, we have two toilets staff can use in the main school. One is also used by some students who have been asked to stop using it unless it's an emergency. The other toilet is tiny with no ventilation. I'm a shit shy person, <laughs> same, and can only go at home because I get so worried about fit people thinking I've made a foul smell. Someone at work keeps going to the toilet and shit, shit for England, leaving skids aplenty and an awful stench. I'm so concerned that people waiting for the toilet after me think I'm the culprit. I don't know if it's acceptable to tell people I'm not close to, it wasn't me. <laughs> What if it was them or someone they're close to? Should I just stop using that toilet? Help. Sincerely, a shit-shy primary school teacher who's worried everyone thinks my irritable ex- my irritability extends to my bowels. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. What, was it skids aplenty? Skids. Skids aplenty. Uh, yeah. S in Fringland leaving skids aplenty and an awful stench. Great use, skids aplenty. Um, that's a toughie, that. I just feel like, how bothered are you? It's one of those things I always say to the kids at school, they always go, if you've not done something, why, like, why are you bothered? Yeah. Like, if someone goes, they've, if they've, they've copied my answer. If you know deep down that you didn't copy their answer, why are you bothered? Why bothered, yeah. So it's like when, when I had a kid get upset the other day and uh, I went, what's the matter? She went, uh, whatever her name is, like, Sarah said, I've snitched on her. I went, well, you've not, have you? Yeah. You've, you've not said anything to me. Did you? Did you? Yeah. So, do you know what snitching is? Yeah. Snitching is telling me something she's done. You've not even, you've not even listened to anything I've said for the yeah, past 20 yeah. minutes. How can you be a snitch if you've not said anything to me? Mm. So just ignore her. Get on with your work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
Um, well, you say it all the time. I, I, the, the other one I don't like, right, just before we get into the answer to the dilemma, is this. When a child's upset and you go, what's the matter? And they go, uh, Henry said he's going to tell me off. Yeah. Who's Henry? <laughs> is he a teacher? Is he a member of school staff? He can't tell you off. Why are you worried? I don't know. Yeah. Well, don't be. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. So what was he going to tell you off for? Oh, because I kicked someone. <laughs> no. But do you know what I mean? Like, they say, like, he's going to crying because he's going to tell me off. Like, yeah. nah. But I would say, <clears throat> don't be bothered because no one, I feel like no one, no one, I, listen, poo is just, it's well, natural. Yeah, it, it happens to the, the, the best of us. Um, the best of us. All, all of us, yeah. My answer is, I think you, when you go into the toilet, make sure a couple of people are around. And go, whoa. Yeah, just sort of go in yeah. and go, flipping heck, who's done? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who's gone to the toilet and don't know how to yeah. Yeah, flush your shit? Yeah, going into the staff room. It's bloody one here. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, That's my advice. No, Watch that Cher Lloyd mum toilet video because then you're just going to get so many lols in the staff room yeah. when you do a little impression of her. So brush up on your Scottish accent, walk into the staff room, and just say that. Just Who be doesn't funny. know how to flush? Just be funny, bro. <laughs> I just, I mean... It, Disgusting. It's thinking, it's one of those where you, you want to... I do understand because it has happened to me. It, oh, listen, it's happened I'm, to I'm me. Not, I'm not that poo shy, I have to be honest. I, I, only when I'm desperate, only when the IBS I, kicks you know, in. There, I'll, I'll go if I need to go. But yeah. there was a time where I needed to go and went to the toilet and it absolutely reeked. And I thought, I can't go in there because not only is it going to double down on the stench. Yeah. Um, you, do, I do, you do kind of feel like, oh my God, everyone's going to see me come out. But the luckily for me, at that point, now this was this was a bad this was a bad time. Uh, I'd luckily held on to my stomach issue, but the smell in the toilet was foul, and there was some uh, what's uh, Aldi's fake links called again? Axe. Axe. There was a can of axe, right, just randomly in the toilet, which some would say smells worse. So <laughs> I I I went for it, but the mixture of axe. Oh no! And crap. Was, yeah. Oh. Um, I think it's bad. It's one of the few things about being a male teacher in a primary school that, that is a, a negative because it, if you're the only male in the staff room or if you're the only male in staff and there's only, you know, there's a male toilet, I think the accusations get... Because there, um, there was a member of staff at my school years ago who, like, every day, part of his daily routine was just getting in the toilet at like quarter to six every morning, 15 minutes, just yeah. to have a, like, it's almost like he didn't have a toilet. He might have had a urinal at his own home, but not a toilet. <laughs> a like pot. every morning, like clockwork, he was just, um, and it's a like, solid bowel movement. Did I ever tell you about the time that I did a training session in a school and I'd obviously had a bit of a dicky belly and I got to the school and I was like, can I use a toilet? And they were like, yeah, the male toilet's there. And it was right next door to the head's office. Oh, and man. I had an episode like Real it was bad. really oh it was it was stingy and skids are plenty <laughs> skids are plenty uh, and then as I came out the toilet the head was there oh. and it was like oh it was so awkward there's no way of getting away so I think I think if I were you I'd like to say kill two birds with one stone be a bit of a character in the staff room just do that impression of the Scottish mum 
Disgusting. The other thing I'd say as well is the last thing on this is if you're in the staff room, I'd literally say, can I just say, by the way, (laughs) that ain't me. Yeah. That is not me. Someone's stinking it up. Who is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it you, Sharon? (laughs) Get all, just bring like a Febreze little spray in the toilet and then, you know, diffuse the situation. Yeah, Febreze. I love buying new Febrezes. Yeah, just leave one. Or you could do that passive aggressive thing. You know, like when people don't wash the teaspoons in the staff room and you get a passive aggressive note. Can I remind all staff? Yeah. You know, like, can I remind all staff to make sure they put their teaspoons? Yeah, yeah. Or can I remind all staff to uh, make sure they bring mugs back to the staff room? Can I remind all staff that if you are using the microwave, you clean up after yourself? So just do that little note on the toilet door. Yeah. Can I remind all staff? Whoever's leaving (laughs) these absolute machines. Yeah. Um, or what's the little toilet brush? Yeah, toilet brush, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just buy one of them. Buy one of them. Buy a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit worried that the person who's using this toilet, if they are leaving a bad stench <laughs> and skids are plenty, there's always a toilet brush in there. Why are they not using They're it? They're not, though. There's not always toilet brushes. Is there not? Not, not, not Do you always. know why? I, I, I must have said this on a pod, but maybe I didn't. But years ago when I went to Charlie's, and it was when he was in uh, Worcester, or was it Rotherham? Right. It's one of them. I went to visit him years ago. So it was when I was still at Moston, so it was pre-pod. Yeah. But you're talking probably about six years ago, seven years ago. Uh, me and Slev drove down uh, to Charlie and we had like a bit of a do with all these rugby mates. And I went for a I went for a Brad at Charlie's and he went mad. You know what Charlie's like? OCD. Yeah. He was going mad. You've left skids all over my toilet. Right. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I tried to, I tried to have a tactical wee after it to get the skids off. <laughs> this is, uh, this bit, the listener numbers are dwindling again. So then he was like, there's a toilet brush right there. I had no idea what that was a toilet brush. Do you know when you were starting that story, do you know what I genuinely thought you were going to say? That I used my hand? <laughs> no, no. Before you started the whole story, All when right. I mentioned toilet brush, you know yeah. what, st- what I thought you were going to say? That, that I first, wiped. Yeah, the first time you came that across. I wiped through the toilet. Oh, that would be tough, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be a little bit of flossing. But no, I had no idea that that's what it was used for. I didn't actually know. I thought maybe it was to to bit of a plunger vibe, but yeah. Well, there we go. Well, hopefully we've answered that dilemma for you. And of course, (laughs) if you've got any other dilemmas, they're the sort of, you know, nothing too heavy that we can give you a little bit of advice on. Uh, I mean, do, how good do, the advice is, we, we really don't know. Yeah, but you know. Um, right, I've got uh, some complaints, some parent complaints. Um, obviously, we know majority of parents are absolutely sound, but the ones on it... I love that. ...are absolutely Read dreadful. Read the small print. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, all the parents that we deal with are fantastic. All the parents listening to this podcast are absolutely brilliant, but there are some absolute terribles. Um, right, so a parents once complained directly to me that I was too young to be a teacher. I was 31. Well, compliment. My accent was too posh for their son, so they couldn't understand the spelling test. I'm from Wimslow, and this was Staley Bridge. Not exactly a different language. Wilmslow. Uh, I went to St. Ambrose College in Hale Ball. Yeah. I had a child who had uh, who who didn't bring his spelling homework in on a Friday, uh, in one Friday. As he was a first-time offender, I let him off and said it was important that he remembered them the week after. His mum wrote a complaint email to me, copying the head, complaining that I'd given him another chance. 
She referenced a letter I'd sent out at the beginning of September where I'd said that if children forgot their spellings, they'd have to spend some time at lunchtime doing them. She wanted to know why I'd not stuck to this and that by giving her son a second chance, I wasn't teaching him a lesson. Wow. This is it. It's like, no matter what you do. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because I guarantee, had they been punished, oh, the letter had, of complaint yeah. would have been. Oh, man. That is, I don't think, I mean, that was like a Nuno reverse card. <laughs> What's every, same parent also had a go at me when the same boy forgot his swimming kit on the last day of swimming. I ran home knowing they were there to ask if they could bring it. They... They said they knew full well he'd forgotten it, but it was his job to pack his bag the night before. And if he had forgotten it, then he would have to learn a lesson and miss out. Oh, get in the bin. Just... Felt so sad for him. That's so harsh. Yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm not having Ooh, that. It, it, he was only year four. He was adopted, which made it even sadder. <gasps> oh, that, way to kick a man in his spuds. And at that Christmas, he was moved to another school by his parents as they felt our school wasn't the right place for him. I hear he's gone off the rails quite a lot now. He's in secondary school, poor boy. Oh, man. I didn't real re- read the last bit of it. <laughs> I so- mean, you've got to read the small print. We've been through <laughs> When it. I was reading through him, I read it up to the point of like teaching him a lesson. I thought, that's funny because it's like from the other side. Didn't realise how sadistic that, that parent or step-parent yeah. um, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just wild. A parent complained that because their child had a wet sock, he'd stepped in a puddle. He'd got trench foot. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I had a parent once accuse me of stealing her child's PE kit. <laughs> no, she then decided to involve the police who genuinely turned up at the school to investigate. Shut up! Oh my God, just like, right, sniffer dogs for plimsolls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got... All sorts of crimes happening in this country. You know, murders, knife crime, going what's through your, the What's your PE kit at school? We, we, it's just like a polo and shorts. Yeah, so like black, those black shorts. I mean, those black why shorts. would a teacher steal them for one? And secondly, what is the police? What are the police no, doing there? Come on. Do you reckon they were the proper police or the, the PSCOs oh, ones? Oh, controversial. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. Proper police. No, but... I just, oh, that really is annoying, isn't it? When you think well, about... Well, just imagine, like, just like, uh, are you are you Miss Robinson? Like, uh, yeah, everything all right? <laughs> like, we have reason to believe that you've got a plain Fruit of the Loom white T-shirt, <laughs> yeah. some black thin shorts and a pair of black pumps. Just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but you get mugged or your house gets robbed. The police literally don't do anything unless you've got ring doorbells that can capture the person. Yeah, because it's it. tough. You can, sometimes you, you, you won't be able to, but, but yeah. But PE kit. <laughs> it's the priority. Unbelievable. I had a formal complaint made against me because I was pregnant and I prioritised my own family over her daughter's GCSE. Apparently, I should have been more considerate and not got pregnant until after the exam. So, so that parent's trying to organise the banks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, you're not actually allowed to uh, mate with yeah. your partner until after the GCSE window. I spoke to a parent about being consistently late picking their child up. They shouted at me saying that I hadn't spoken to any other parents about being late at pickup time. I looked around the empty playground and pointed out that was because everyone else had picked up their <laughs> child and gone. Mic drop. Boom. Oh. See you later. <laughs> but you just you just think, don't you, like, 
what? I mean, they're the only ones there. They're late all the time. And yet they're still <laughs> fighting to the death. Like, hey, <laughs> treat us differently. We had a parent come in and say a member of staff had told their five-year-old to go to the staff room and make a cuppa. Of course, the parent believed the five-year-old and not the adult. <laughs> there's no way. The most ludicrous thing I got. There's no way any teacher on this planet would trust a five-year-old to make a cuppa. Or carry a cuppa. Yeah. Or, or, or be anywhere near a kettle. <laughs> Teaching reception, discussing with the parent how to support their child to be less disruptive. Response from the parent, my child's not a dog. He won't sit when you tell him to sit. <laughs> but he'll, he does like a treat. <laughs> yeah. He does like to chew a few things. I once had a parent complain that I told their child off for biting another child because he wanted, to, he wanted a trike said child was on. It was not good enough and the school should have provided more trikes. Uh, There's a serious strike shortage at this place. <laughs> <laughs> we sign our petition. What's it for? More strikes. <laughs> In my reception uh, teaching days, had a mum ring up to complain to the head that we hadn't made her a Mother's Day card. The children had baked heart-shaped biscuits packed into craft baskets, which they all made individually. And we had a special assembly where the children had presented them to their mums. She didn't turn up. She said she loved the biscuits, but was disappointed there was no card. Oh, no, no. But it's that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you, you go through all the effort and you do it all. And then they're like, I mean, yeah, the biscuits were nice. <laughs> but where's the card? Yeah. I hate cards. I don't care for cards, me. Uh, short one here. Uh, well, no pun intended. Uh, complain that I was too tall. I'm moving swiftly on. A parent returned a school library book to me, stating that the author's name was teaching his child inappropriate language. The book... Dick Whittington. No, Dick Kingsmith. Oh. Shocking. <laughs> um, I was... I was... I was uh, <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous, you just, I mean, you, you honestly, like, question, like... But then, you know, having worked in schools for like over 10 years now, you kind of like, yeah, like you can imagine it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was asked by a parent who was being totally serious why his child didn't know how to tie his shoelaces yet. So what was it that I'd actually been teaching him? Oh, God. <laughs> I hadn't let her child year four go swimming that day as she had special needs. When I presented the swimming bag, complete with costume, towel, both soaking wet and reeking of chlorine, I was I was informed, yeah, but you could have just dipped them in the pool. What? Wait, what? So, wait, repeat that one. So the, the, the parent complain complained that the child didn't... Didn't go swimming. Wasn't allowed to go swimming because she had special needs. Oh. The teacher grabbed the swimming bag there's a towel. To prove that the, they did the, go wet, swimming. Yeah, the swimming costume. And the mum said, you just dip them in the pool. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what they do. I mean, for I mean... God's sake. I was once told, uh, I once had SLT tell me off for suggesting to the children that they each, that they each their breakfast, oh, that they eat their breakfast cereal earlier or have toast for breakfast so they wouldn't be sick on our school trip. Apparently, I wasn't allowed to say that to him. On the previous school trip, a number of them were chugging down milkshakes 30 minutes before the school trip and over 10 of them were sick on the bus. So this time I told them to have toast. I got in trouble, but no one was sick on the trip. 
there's just more important things. It's like, it would have just been an innocent, like, oh, do you remember last year? There's so many kids <laughs> sick. What I'd suggest, have a piece of toast, it'll settle, all good. That's not. But it's just. It's just not. <sighs> I had a parent who complained after a son's year six, about a son's year six teacher. Why couldn't he have the teacher from year five? It was the same teacher. No, <laughs> no. Oh, you've got to think if you're that teacher, have you either? Yeah. Let yourself what? go. <laughs> yeah. Are or you, the new haircuts, just not really. Yeah. Or are you, are you, you know, are you, uh, you know, are you, are you aging? Was it a tough year? Yeah. To be fair with the parent, <laughs> you could have gone great. <laughs> Um, that I'd given the children a napkin when they were trying Greek food because how is he supposed to know how to use a napkin? He's only eight. <sighs> Honestly. Parents kicked off that there was a kid, be- uh, that their kid was being bullied. I said they were the bully and were repeatedly kicking people on the bus. Came in for a meeting, showed CCTV of the kicking outside of the bus and she denied it was her son. Just straight up denied? Yeah. That is not my son. I had a complaint to say uh, because she'd found out I was on antidepressants, she didn't want her son being taught by someone who was unstable. Oh, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm losing the willy. I know. It doesn't get any better. I don't hug the children enough. I didn't spend my own money to buy the whole class Easter eggs. I made the children tidy up. A colleague congratulated me on getting married and I didn't warn the parents in advance that I was getting married. Accused of encouraging snitching when I told off a child who called someone a mother trucker. Who were complaining there? Some, Well, I think either the same parent or parents from the same class. I mean, that one about the marriage. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, were were the parents expecting night nod? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Were the parents expecting... An invite to the church. <laughs> I've got some more, but I'll leave it there and I'll go on some other stories God. to finish us off. Um, right, so... God, there'll be people listening <laughs> to this so angered now. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous because f- for me, it's like, I'm not, ex- I'm not saying parents should never complain, right? I'm not saying we're perfect. Uh, and obviously... You know, there's been times where I've not been happy necessarily with what's happened in a school, whether I've complained or not. But I just think, just take a moment. Don't have this instinct reaction that the teachers are in, have got it in for your kid. Like no one goes into teaching to like mistreat to, yeah, to have, kid, you know. To have needle with yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. And the chances are it's either misunderstanding or an accident, but to, to some of those stories, it's just so bloody, and you wouldn't get it in any other in any other job, in yeah. any other job. You know, name another job, you just would not get that level of. Or maybe you would actually in like retail. I reckon if you work in a shop, that's pretty bad. I don't know. Nowadays, like, I've just found a double XL shirt in Next, and I think you've robbed it, <laughs> officer. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> I was just doing replay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually heard on the radio that that the number of um, abuse, a number of towards shop workers, is now something like a thousand a day reported. It's, it's just so not. it's it's just I think just as a society we're just getting worse and worse at just not treating each other with respect, and teachers definitely getting it. You know, school staff. It's it's just a real shame because the 
if we're all on the same page, singing from the same song sheet, it's only going to help the children. Right, a couple of stories to uh, to finish us off. You look like you've got a story. It's probably not as good as Nana Maury's. But tell me your story anyway, I hope it's a hit. If it's not good, then I'm going to go read this from Chip. Uh, I'd been teaching six months and Ofsted came in to observe me. Instead of saying financial forecasting, I said financial foreskin. (laughs) The kids managed to hold it together (laughs) until he left. I got outstanding, obviously, because he felt sorry for me. They came to observe a second lesson to walk in and find me in a dress, blindfolded, crawling on my hands and knees, demonstrating an obstinate course. Lesson was communication and teamwork. I again got outstanding, but I was mortified. The poor inspector definitely felt sorry for me. And to this day, Ofsted don't faze me because let's face it, it couldn't get any worse. Good, good story. (laughs) But don't know if anyone else felt this. Kind of tooting their own hoot a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I had this other lesson where I actually set a kid on fire. Still got outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know Uh, what I mean, though? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I work in a Church of England school and part of our assembly is saying the Lord's Prayer. Now, reception do so well learning the words to this, hearing it every day and genuinely generally getting it right very quickly until one day when the whole school is quiet and we are saying the prayer together, this lad's version gets our deputy's attention. This was no mistake. This lad 100% believed that these were the words to the Lord's <laughs> Prayer. Where you're meant to say, our Father who art in heaven, this lad says nice and clearly, our Father and Uncle Kevin. <laughs> oh yes we're back baby it took this lad until year two to say it correctly (laughs) our father and uncle kevin (laughs) so innocent so good (laughs) right um my year four class were using the ipads to complete some research on north america for geography the class had been split into groups and given different states to research all of the usual things were on there, population, capital city, etc. And for a bit of bit of fun, famous people from this state. Now I taught both year four classes. I thought I'd be really kind and pop up my male teacher's posters for display. Up they went, another cracking display with the string pinned to the map. Job done. Nice. So imagine a world a, yeah. a map of America, all these posters linking to the states. A few days later, my male partner teacher came into my classroom absolutely howling. He said, you do know who Jenna Jameson is, don't you? (laughs) Well, I didn't, but I do now. My little innocent year fours had found people of influence and I had proudly displayed who Google describes (laughs) as a pornographic film model on my wall. (laughs) Famous people from the state. Oh my god! 
Oh, God. That is brilliant. <laughs> the male teacher definitely knew as well straight away, didn't he? Yeah. Seen her before. <laughs> Coming in howling. You, you don't know who that is. <laughs> now, do you remember... I've got three more stories. Do you remember the other oh. week when you were asking about supply stories? Yes. So these are a couple I've, I've, I've stumbled across. Years ago, a supply teacher was taking my lesson whilst I was in a meeting. The meeting finished early, so I came back in to carry on the, with the lesson. The supply teacher couldn't get onto Sims, so she had sent a piece of paper around the classroom and asked the students to write their names. Well, as you can imagine, some students didn't actually write their name. I started scanning the list and saw Jack, Harry, James, etc., and thought, yeah, they're here. Towards the end of the sheet, I noticed Dixie Normus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. I read the name out and the class were in hysterics and I had tears rolling down my face. The supply teacher looked horrified as she hadn't noticed. Definitely up there with the most memorable supply teacher lesson. Oh, that's brilliant. It's actually similar to, I forgot to say this before, Obviously, just going back to talking <laughs> yeah. about um, Ambrose and Mr. Yeah, Russian yeah. stuff. We were talking about one game and the person who scored for our team in this game, he was called Chris Yu. Do you remember him? Yeah. Rapid, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, oh, yeah, he was speedy, yeah. <laughs> but when your name got put on the team sheet, it'd be A. Parkinson for me, C. Mulcrone for Charlie, and then it'd go C. U. Yeah. And every week without fail, someone would write at the crossroads, <laughs> right? So every single time it'd say, see you at the crossroads. And then someone decided to mix it up and put, when we get there. <laughs> and I was telling Mr. Rush, I was going, do you remember when people, and he used to go, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I had a period... <coughs> Of a string of supply TAs. I'm glad it, you said a string of <laughs> a string of TAs. It was a mixed bag of good and not so great TAs sent to me. I thought it couldn't get any worse when I had one fall asleep at the back of the classroom. But then came the one that arrived with a hoodie that was emblazoned with a burning skull and the slogan, God is dead beneath it. It was a C of E school. <laughs> What would our father and Uncle Kevin think, <laughs> think of, that? of that? Right. This one to finish off. Pure cringe. This is very cringeworthy, especially for the young teacher involved. We had a family party and some, of, uh, and some friends of the family were there. A couple with their early 20s son, who was a teacher at the local high school where I also work. My family is huge and included multiple generations, including nephews, nieces, and cousins, kids who went to the school the son taught at. As the night went on, everyone was having fun, and the teacher's father was in a corner regaling everyone with funny stories and jokes about a variety of topics. He was a little merry at the time. One of the stories was about when his son got circumcised at 15 and how the nurse had a funny name. I can't remember the details, but the name was something linked to cutting or slicing, which made it funny. See, see that you. He was also uh, joking about how he couldn't walk normally for days after the operation. It was at this point the son, sitting with a different group of people, realised what the dad was saying and shot over to quieten him down and change the subject. The poor guy was beetroot coloured. 
A few weeks later, the couple called round and explained that they were in the bad books with their son. Apparently, some of the kids at the party had heard the story and then told friends, and it quickly went around the playground that the handsome NQT was circumcised. This led to an awkward conversation with someone in school management about how the pupils had obtained, obtained such intimate details. The dad said that his son had sat him down and told him off like a toddler, explaining what topics are and are not appropriate for him to share in the future. <laughs> the NQT is now a department head and every so often the rumour goes round again about him missing a foreskin. <laughs> Because of Nurse Slicer. <laughs> nurse Slice a lot. Oh, that is that it if you were what well, in his early twenties, first job in a school. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that in a high school as well, where it's like oh, anything can be used as ammo anything. against you. And your dad's just mouthing off about oh. you struggled to walk for days. <laughs> Miss Slice a lot. Just went to town. Oh, oh, bless yeah. him. But hey, if you can make it through that, and he's now head of uh, head of department. There we wow, go. Fair play to him. Um, so thank you very much for listening, guys. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, as always, please do share with your friends if you think anyone had uh, any of your colleagues' friends would enjoy a good giggle along with us. Do share it. Head over to the Facebook group. Get involved in the chat there. Keep an eye out on the website, tomispeespodcast.com, where you can get your tickets for the live, last live show or stream the show we did last year. And of course, we'll put a link up to the book that you'll be able to pre-order from Wednesday, the 28th of Feb. We'd love your support with it. We'll be back next week for another episode. Take care and thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.